Hello and welcome to Exiting Through the 2010s, a podcast about the movies from the 2010s. I'm Jack Draper. With me, bedridden, is Clay Williams. Oh boy, I don't <laughs> want to be bedridden. That seems pretty. That seems pretty rough. All right, you're saying this while uh, you're yeah. lying down. I'm I'm a little confused. I am not lying down. This is hmm. fabrication. This is uh, uh, a pure accusation and uh, what? It's another word I can use that's somewhat mm-hmm. lawyery. Um, so we're like 160 episodes into this thing, and I think that there's no way you can prove that you're not lying down in bedridden. Like this is only audio. This is true. Yeah. What <laughs> if I? What if every episode I was just in my bed? Wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> just absolutely. Maybe on my That's stomach too. Like a, like there have been people yeah. who have done that, and it looks very nice. But I feel I've, like I would just. Get I've been too jealous. Yeah, I'm in my yeah. chair right now. It's just yeah. because <laughs> I haven't changed the light bulb to our office yet, and so it's like <laughs> pitch. It's like pitch black. So I don't know. So I and I, I can't tell you when I'm actually going to do it yeah. because I can't make any promises. So that's a, and that's a I'm going to be in my chair. Yeah. I know. Um, I didn't know how else to start this episode other than that, but um, yeah, today is a more. Um, it's sort of been like a joke. I guess is Bennett's legacy where it's like, ooh, okay, like what what are you gonna like show your parents tonight? Is it gonna be like a more? Like it's gonna be a joke answer to a lot of hard watches, things that you can only watch. Yeah, it's legacy I feel it. like has been woof. Yes. It's a rough one. Um woof, like you need like a scotch exactly. and like to sit down and you need to like contemplate life and like look like being at your corner and just like smoke a have a uh, long drag of a cigarette and just go <sighs> which i don't think isn't totally the case i think on rewatch it's not that bad there's it's a rip roaring comedy <laughs> there's been mikhail hanukkah mikhail haneke which it's been much fun guy worse i, think. I just right. he makes a lot of fun movies every one time i'm just like oh aren't isn't this just the best grand old time he, he's a fun interview uh very lighthearted. no um but yeah today we have jordan rap with us co-founder of the film stage it's lovely to have you here thank you guys for the invite yeah i, I really yeah. wanted to be on for just a really you know fun film so we picked this one and, your uh, first time here and you started us out like very chill yeah. time i love it just something very um, celebratory i feel like it's gonna be like our game yeah. night episode where we just won't stop laughing we just won't be able to <laughs> stop we'll just, um, just continue laughing yeah well you know emmanuel riva she's she's doing like a song and dance here uh she's um she has bits um at one point she just like I don't know. She just tap dances, but it's very funny. She she won the Golden Globe for musical or comedy. I don't see how, how they let that fly. Yo, when it man, imagine imagine that. imagine that would look that would make The Martian look like uh, I don't know, better. But um, before before we go into it more and and look back at at how this won the Oscar for best foreign language feature, um, how about what we've been watching recently. Uh, this is where we talk about what we've been watching recently. Oh, is that what is that sure. what we do? I always forget that. Yeah. <laughs> I always think it's funny to, to define this part. Um, <laughs> the title explains it all. Who who would like to yeah, go first? Exactly. Uh, Jordan, please. You had, oh, I mean, sure. Guess, guess picks. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Well, I yeah, I got out of a screening. It lasted almost all day. No, Babylon, uh, the three, 
three-hour, eight-minute epic from Damien Chazelle. Um, I guess full reviews are embargoed for two weeks, but you can talk socially. So we're on a social podcast, right? So we can do it now. <laughs> uh, and this won't be released in... Right, wait, right, right. Yeah. Uh, this is out in like two weeks. Oh, so we're good. Okay. So I can spoil yeah, yeah, the whole so thing. Like, okay. Yeah. Uh, no, that's a good, I, yeah, that's good. I, I didn't think about that, actually. Yeah, so like this will be out after embargo. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so we'll see what side I end up on. Um, so far it's been divisive and I kind of, I was expecting something, I guess my history with Chazelle, you know, I liked Whiplash a a good deal. I did not really like La La Land that much. Um, and then Mm -hmm. I liked, uh, First Man and now, yeah, so this was, you know, First Man was kind of a smaller project in some ways. And so this was kind of him going back to something, you know, pretty grand, uh, a grand artistic statement, I would say. And so, uh, and yeah, I actually, I, it really worked for me. I have to be honest. Um, the trailer was a little, it's a little off putting, like the Brad Pitt tap dancing, which is not even in the film, actually, that that scene was yeah. cut. Um, and, but, and the film is actually like 80% a comedy and like a pretty, like there's genuine comedic punchlines and, and like beats throughout and all of that stuff I thought really, really worked. Um, and yeah, it's, you know, La La Land is a little more like sentimental and, um, you know, it's about these like dreamers and a little more wistful. And this is like almost the exact opposite where, yes, the characters are mm-hmm. kind of, they, they want to get ahead in Hollywood, but the whole overall like viewpoint of the film is just how batshit insane kind of the early days of filmmaking were and like people getting killed and, um, and just like just rampant issues throughout um, before the days of unions. And, uh, and yeah, it's, uh, and just the, it's all viewpoint. It's, um, it's not really like this nostalgic love letter to cinema. In some ways there are certain sections that are like that, but for the most part, it's like kind of this like acidic, you know, unsentimental, um, journey which i think might turn off you know a good amount of people but i was i kind of liked the boldness of it um and yeah it, it really worked for me it's uh it's really i you know i was expecting scenes to drag and then like it really moves like like at a really fast clip um and not in like kind of an annoying grading way like it really moves fast and yeah so i was pretty pretty into it for the whole the whole time so yeah i don't think it's like you know a masterpiece or anything but i, I was quite entertained by it uh, so yeah yeah that's neat yeah i I, yeah, and when I think about All Land, I think about how fast it moves. Mm. And I think that's a part of like his sort of like snappy pacing can can lend itself with something this size. And, and yeah. they and, also uh, snap in that movie, I think. <laughs> don't they, you know, don't they? And uh, and um, you know, I guess I don't really think of Chazelle's sense of humor. That's not the first thing I think of. Yeah, but um, yeah, I was really surprised with. Just some of the cast, it's like it's definitely. I know obviously Margot Robbie, for, but it's like takes that Wolf of Wall Street mode of like uh, casting a lot of mm. comedians in certain roles. So, like, um, Roy Scovel is in it and he's really funny. And there's like, whoa, uh, yeah, he's, he has like a bigger part than you might expect. Um, and like, I know PJ Byrne, who was in Wolf of Wall Street and funny in that, is like has a really yeah. comedic role in this. And there's like, I mean, there's just a lot, yeah. And there's like, yeah, like I said, I don't want to, and also James Smart, I mean, who's been Gene pretty Smart, yeah. advertised, yeah, yeah, who is. Is John is John Bernthal in it? No. Yeah, uh, oh. Diego Calva is the other. There's like four leads, really. Diego Calva's the lead. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it it's definitely like a four-hander, mostly a three-hander, but um, yeah, I would say it's pretty evenly spaced okay. out between Brad Pitt, Margot Robbie, and Diego Calva. Yeah. Imagine Bernthal in a Chazelle film. That's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. I can kind of see that if he like brings out the kind of energy he would with J.K. Simmons. Um, but I was just gonna bring up Whiplash because like that that's yeah. like the like the darkly funny movie to me yeah like, yeah because he gives jk simmons like a lot of like the like whoa this is like you can't help but laugh it's so absurd kind of stuff and yeah i wonder if that tra- that translates to 
to Babylon. Yeah. But it is it is cool to like even if this will turn off some people, it's cool to see him like really ratchet it up, and it's not really like. Yeah, he is it's, trying it, something it new. Like, yeah, he's trying something new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's cool no, for sure, for sure. Yeah, so very curious how it does, but yeah, I, I was pretty mm-hmm. pleased overall. Um, good, mm-hmm. good. And before we start, we were talking about how there's how there's not much of like a Christmas movie. Yeah, I was going to say good. To be like it's the really one, good like, counterprogramming to the to the uh, to yeah to Avatar, Avatar and, and whatever other yeah. family movies are coming. out. Avatar's not a Christmas movie. What? Santa Santa's not in it. Yeah. Are you like are we sure? I'll join you in the 2023 awardsy mm. buzzy movies. Um Banshees of Inisherin. Mm. Uh I went home uh for for the for for the Irish um sort Yeah, of if no one gets the bit, it's because I call Jack a dirty Irish once yeah. in a while. You know, it's it's it it's offensive, but you know, we'll 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 continue on. <laughs> it's great it's darkly funny it's sad it's martin know, it's... mcdonough making a dark comedy are you serious i was saying that i'm like oh gosh like what's what did i do but it's by the time this episode comes out it's gonna be on hbo like of course it is but um i know it's crazy that, that is it's, uh, yeah i know it's, it it's makes insane me so sad but, like the the yeah, lack of the yeah. word of mouth buzz and like that was a whole part of award season. Now it's just like yeah. I feel like there's only a few directors know, this day yeah. these days that can even like push to have their wait for like a March VOD or DVD release. And now it's just like, not even Spielberg. Not, not even Spielberg. Spielberg yeah, can't I was just even do say. this. Yeah, I know. It, it really it um, makes me sad. But oh well, yeah. I guess um, that's that's very gatekeeping of me. But hey, certain movies mm-hmm. should be seen in theater. I think. Vanchies <laughs> um, is great. It feels like the it feels like his best movie. Um, just like Whoa. everything is coming to get, I mean, in Bruges left, left so much, so much of an impression to me in high school, mm. but it's like, I kind of like a soft spot for that one. But this one just feels like everything that he does so well, but even like the craft has gotten better, like the directions improved. Um, even if the script does a lot of heavy lifting, but, but like in a good way, like, like that's definitely like the spotlight. Um, and I, I, I mean, the complete opposite of Babylon. I was thinking about this. Like, Babylon has a very misleading trailer, from what I've heard. But I think that um, Banshees of Inisherin has a great trailer because it sets you up with this main premise, and then what happens after the main premise. But then the movie keeps going. You're like, oh, okay. Like this is like gonna yeah, end w- up to be something yeah. to where you're just. It takes a pivot towards like the yeah. third, and you're like. Oh, I I, I don't watch trailers to award contenders. Yeah, I'm in, no, no, I'm, I'm in that I'm, camp too. Yeah, I I, I wouldn't say award the contenders, but things that I'm like really interested in, I'll like quickly just like scrub through it a bit and be like, okay, I don't really want to see more. And like, I I did rewatch <laughs> yeah. the Babylon trailer for but, some yeah. reason. Yeah. You want to see like moments, not yeah, moments. yeah, just to be like, okay, this right. is a real movie. All right. <laughs> for some reason, it's only like blockbusters, I guess. Yeah, blockbusters. or I don't know, maybe it's like. Yeah, but I get also like Black Klansman, I guess. Like maybe films that add like there's like this real big like hype to it where you're just mm. like, whoa, yeah. what's gonna happen? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to like the Fablemans or you know Banshee or whatever, it's just like I don't I, I don't know. I've just never had the inkling to watch the trailer. I'm just like, I mean, I'm gonna go see it, so I don't see the point. Yeah, it's no, like, I I feel know. as though that I will see it, but not pay, but. I'll see it, but eventually I'll see it. I don't see it immediately because it's like 
there's a new Martin McDonough movie teaming up with Brendan Gleeson and Colin Farrell. Like I'm already sold. Right. <laughs> even that if that's shit, I'm gonna watch yeah. it. Like even if it's like right. fucking dog shit, I'm gonna be like, I mean, <laughs> um, okay. There's been a lot of praise for Gleeson and Farrell, but also Carrie Condon and Barry Keoghan have been are just yeah. like amazing in it. I think. And, oh, know. good actors, huh? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Irish, know. Irish actors. <laughs> Irish. Fun fact. You know, I mean, you didn't know this, but uh, they're Irish. Um, Did you know? Really funny. Did... Uh, when was the last time we recorded? I know this is a random question to ask. Uh, Mon? No, a week ago. Yeah, something. Like yeah, that. a week ago. A week ago. Yeah. Okay, so I've seen. Uh, fun fact: I've actually watched movies since then. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> I don't really. I don't really watch movies anymore, but I've been watching movies. Or television. Um, yeah, no, actually, no television lately. Um, so I watched um, The Outlaws, which is a South Korean action film starring um, Mong Dong uh, Sok. I think he, uh, what's his, he go, has a different name in America. Um, but he was, you know, he was in The Eternals. I haven't seen that. But uh, he was, but hey, I think he really exploded on the scene with Train to Busan. Um, he's a great actor. Uh, Dong Lee is what he goes by. Okay. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, I knew this was like a big, big film in the like, you know, action, action Twitter fans or whatever. Um, and he's like, he's a favorite too with just how much of a bruiser and how physically imposing he is. I mean, the man is built like a fucking, uh, slab of meat. Like he's just all shoulder. Just like like he, he, every any kind of piece of clothing he wears, no matter how baggy it is, looks like it's about to rip off his body if he just tweet like if he just kind of like flexes a muscle. Uh, he's very built. Um, he's so good in this film. It's like a kind of a apparent. They do this weird thing where it's like it's they say it's based on a true story, but when you're watching it, it's like it's like one of those things where you're just like, okay. 80% of this is made up. Like, like you're watching, like, okay, this, they really took some liberties with this one, where, like, this is not, this did not happen. Um, it is streaming, did I rent it? I forget. Um, no, I rented it. I don't know, yeah, for some reason I really wanted to watch it, because the sequel came out this year, and I've been meaning to watch the sequel as well, um, which I think is streaming on Haya, I'm not super sure. Um, but yeah, a real solid film, it's too long and uh like it should be an hour and 40 it's two hours uh, the audio mix and i don't know and it's one of those things i couldn't tell if this was just an amazon thing or the actual movie the audio mixing for it was fucking horrendous it sounded so bad um i you said it was so, south I, korean I, yeah south korean um and it's like i don't think it was made i don't think it's like a cheap movie so i i'm having i have a feeling it was an amazon issue which is why i didn't like punish like run i i didn't think it was like too horrible but like i don't know it sounded really rough um it's really well shot um the action's really like it's all like it's all like knife play like because south korean has like gun laws which is crazy Mm -hmm. uh who knew you could have like you know restrictions on guns in a country oh crazy (laughs) um but it and so it's like you know hand-to-hand combat and um, knife play, and it's a lot more plot than I was expecting. Um, but you know, it's it, it's a crime story. Um, it's it's super solid. Uh, highly recommend. Watched Glass Onion in theaters. It was like the first time besides Tar that I've been in a theater in so long. Um, and I, 
And I kind of said this in my review. Uh, uh, Craig and Johnson could make a movie about Blanc. Craig and Johnson like, sounds like a, for a lawyer firm. Attorney. Mm, Craig and Johnson. <laughs> Johnson and if Johnson. you have been, you oh, know, if Johnson, Johnson. Johnson. Yeah, yeah. um, it, but uh, like yeah, like Craig and Johnson could time uh, team up and make uh, a movie about Blanc inspecting a piece of a, a piece of dog shit for two hours, <laughs> and I would go see it in the theater and be like, that was a pleasant time at the at the at the cinema. What a mm. grand old time. Yeah. Um, so I I the moment I this I definitely watched the trailer for this one. I was always gonna like this movie. <laughs> Um, there's just I'm an easy mark for Ryan in general, and I really liked the first one. Um, and I had a I had a very nice time in theaters. I'm so glad I was able to watch it. Um, I kind of you know, liked. Out the, is the only Ryan we haven't done yet. Oh wow! That came out. The, yeah, isn't that weird? That came out this yeah. decade. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Was brother Brothers Bloom was what like? No, 09? I think that was 2008. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah. I, I'm, 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 I'm in. I like him as a director. Uh, obviously, there's been criticism of his writing and like his heavy-handed political messaging, and I get that. But the people who are saying it's like way worse in this one than it was in the first one, I don't, I don't really get that critique. To be honest, it mm. just seems like the same Twitter-brained like neoliberal stuff. That's what it is, seems. That it, it just sort of like it's like the, I, mean, I mean, it's the same writer, right? You, like, right. You yeah. No. I don't, yeah, I don't see how this is, like, some, like, it's not like he decided to make, like, Dr. Strangelove or something. I don't, I don't, like, yes, it's, like, politically motivated in a lot of ways, but it's also a lot, it's really slapsticky, mm-hmm. um, even more than the last one, which I really appreciated, um, and, you know, Craig, man, he could make a thousand of these, and then he's just, it's, if he... If, depending on how the third one goes, it might be my favorite character he's done. And he's done James fucking Bond. Mm. Like, that's a crazy... I, like, just... Yeah. he. I'm so glad he found a place where he can be fun and slapsticky. Because I don't... Because honestly, besides, like, Logan Lucky, I don't know where he would have found this opportunity to just be, like, a fucking caricature. Because that's just... that Like, that's completely off type. He wasn't known yeah. for that. I mean, I like his character in Dreamhouse. <laughs> I haven't seen. I haven't seen that. I, yeah, I was just trying to think of like an obscure Daniel Craig movie. Um, but um, yeah, and I watched is, that. What, and I, is there any standout performance that you... Monet yeah. uh, is really she solid? She seems to be getting it. a lot of the claim. Batista, and every time I watch Batista, I'm just like, it's he is. Such a good actor. Yeah, I. He's genu- it's it's kind of a miracle. He's genuinely good. I want to kiss M Night Shyamalan on the mouth for ca- for casting him in the in the next mm. in his next movie. Yeah, not gonna where he's gonna it's gonna, gonna, gonna whip. Yeah, that. Yeah. That trailer fucking rocks. That's a good ass trailer. trailer. Yeah, that. Oh, he is, man. I love. I, every time I watch him in something, I'm just more convinced of like how, how crazy good of an actor batista is and Remember batista glasses and blade runner love it it put him in more glasses all the glasses um and monocle he, he's a dmv guy by the way you know he was born he's a dc lived in dc born in dc he's a wizards fan so i got a rep i love and I it's love funny to batista. see like how i mean you bring up bond but like him and craig were together inspector and then like here again um, yeah and dave batista plays yeah. basically plays joe rogan in this it's awesome <laughs> oh wow oh jeez yeah, he has a gun. Like he, he has like a speedo that has a gun holster on it, and he just shoots it randomly. It's awesome. Oh. It's a good movie. I like it. Um, 
Yeah, that, and you know, and Henwick, I wish she got more to do, but mm-hmm. she's also been shooting up the, you know, if you think of actors as like they have stock or whatever, like she oh, yeah. her stock has oh, been definitely. going up. Um and she's yeah. yeah. She's mm-hmm. She gets a great uh, great her, line reading too in this. Great punch Oh yeah. Line. Oh yeah. And I mean Norton also mm-hmm. It's maybe the best Norton's been in years. Yeah, he's so And I'm not saying cast, he's like yeah. been right exactly and it's not he like seems to be been... like the jamie lee curtis of this one where it's like the head of the um whole thing but i'm just going off of i don't want to spoil it okay cool yeah uh, yeah but because i would there's another actor i would definitely say he he is this so i don't okay that, that would okay. be a spoiler um but yeah no i think he's i think he's great um it's yeah. i'm not saying he's been like putting out clunker after clunker recently but this is definitely a movie where i'm like oh this he is... hasn't been in like many real movies like off the top of my head not no, looking he, at him he hasn't like, done a we'll lot have of, like yeah. he, he's been... kingdom to talk about like but i don't know what yeah if you look at his stuff if you look i mean his, unless um... you think about if brooklyn doesn't have a mother but that's <laughs> right that's so funny that's yeah if so you look funny. at his career it's been kind of interesting i was talking about this actually with dan Becker recently where it's like he has done so many um massive ensembles like that's the only movies he's done in like the last like 10 years it's like kind of insane um, like yeah. yeah, yeah. He's like fading to the background. Jack, yeah. I will give you five American dollars. I will Venmo you five American dollars if you can guess what blockbuster he was. He's recently been in. Blockbuster. Mm-hmm. Like like like, how far? Hundred million plus, maybe two hundred million. Box office, uh, not box office, a uh, uh, budget. Oh, I just realized he's been in a movie we've covered, Birdman. That's right. That was, I mean, sure, that was a moment. Um, how how long ago was this blockbuster? Four years. Four years ago. Um, Alita Battle Angel. I don't know. Oh, wow. He's in it. That's he has no lines. He's a, like nice. this. He's the te- He's the teased for the sequel. He's just <laughs> wearing these funky little glasses, and that's it. <laughs> I mean, if you're gonna hook anyone in for part two, I guess it's gonna be Eddie. Um, it and it. It's so it's a bizarre choice. It's just so funny that like he's like this end villain villain reveal, and maybe he has a one line, but I don't remember it. Uh, Alita yeah. Battle Angel, yeah, think... same year as Motherless Brooklyn, and then the tease at the end was for Motherless, Motherless Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Like, yeah, Kai's come back to theaters in the fall. <laughs> he plays himself with the glasses. Like, don't worry, like I'll be here, directing Motherless Brooklyn. Um, and one more thing before we get to a more. Uh, like every guest the first time that they're on the pod, we would love to know what were the films that got you into film? If you have any foundational cinema Ooh. that showed that you like question. what movies could be. Sure. Or the track, or maybe the thing that got you, like, that's the genesis of your attachment to film. Sure. No, that's a good idea. Yeah. In, uh, in high school, I was more into video games. I used a secret little fact about me is I used to be in the top 30 Halo 2 players in the world. <laughs> in high school whoa uh, what the but, fuck like the my our clan a uh, halo clan halo 2 clan was in the top 30 and yeah so i i played that religiously up to like 10th grade um and then i got uh into movies more stopped playing that as much and then got really into movies um and i actually started like my own little like production company in high school doing like videos for other people editing and then just went to college for that and like yeah ever since then was into it started um started the film stage in college but i think like some formative experiences were, were definitely um city of god was an early one children of men was an early one where 
I had downloaded it because it came out like it was out in the UK before it was here in the US. And so I remember downloading it, watching it, rewatching it immediately after, and then going to the theater to see it when it came out here, like right after. So that, that was a big one. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, since then, and then going to college, I went to college at University of Buffalo, and that they're very more, much more geared towards like avant garde filmmaking. And so just seeing different kinds of film there was really eye opening, and especially on like documentary side, and that kind of helped foster. Um, uh, yeah, love for movies and then going to Toronto International Film Festival for like five years straight starting in like 2008 or so um, 2007 actually first year and then yeah, and so and then ever since then I've been watching a lot of movies <laughs> <laughs> The pipeline from Halo to Amor Right, exactly uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, That's the journey What brought us to What brought us to our table read today Right, um, right I have a script I will, you know, <laughs> I will be playing the part of <laughs> But yeah, and that's super cool because I feel like for me, I always try to think about and imagine those movies. They don't even have to be like current releases, but I think City of God and Children of Men are good examples of like, wow, I didn't know movies could do that. Yeah. And like, I haven't, I haven't rewatched City of God in like, and since I, you know, since back then, so I don't even know how it holds up that well, but like, at least at that moment, it was formative. But um, yeah, Mm -hmm. I mean, since like, I'm Terrence Malick is my favorite director and so like watch every time he releases a movie it like kind of breaks my brain into what cinema can be and form like gets me more invigorated by things so um so that's always that that's one I always look for but yeah I mean I I watch like I think I'm up to like almost 600 movies watched this year so it's always it's, it's a lot of holy movies. fuck yeah I think um it's it's a little absurd and now what was your first exposure to it more and how it oh, sure. was brought into your life? Yeah, I so it's actually a funny story. So this was 2012. Um, I had gotten married uh, in July of that year. And I remember it was probably a bad decision, but I was like a more, you know, I had screen at Cannes and, then, and, and won the Palme d'Or and then it was coming out in the fall. And I was looking back and there was like an early press screening before it came out later in the fall. And I, and I, I was like, my wife, Jenna, I was like, you want to go see this movie? Like, it's about marriage. It could be interesting. And so, so like, we, uh, we went and like, it was like, we both really loved it. And it was interesting. It was interesting. We both actually really loved it. And it was actually, it actually was my number one film of that year. I'd have to go back and look to see if it would still be. But at at that year, uh, in that year, it definitely was. And, uh, it was just like one of those movies that, I mean, I can dive more into it now, but like, just, um, Mm. just like different a different like side of panicky like i feel like a lot of his other movies are like very like kind of cold and icy like very intentionally and not not even in in a prerogative in like a derogative way it's like they're um you know that's what he's trying to do and i feel like this one uh yeah really showed what the end of every (laughs) rom-com could potentially be like this is this is the end of love right here this is the end of relationship and like in, in your wildest dreams like you want to get to a point of when you're older of like being with someone if you're interested in that uh of being with someone and like this is you know death comes for us all and so like and i think he captured in like a actually a very like humanist uh way in some ways um and so yeah anyway so it was yeah that experience was crazy and then i you know like most people i'm sure never watched it again because it was too traumatic uh and then thanks <laughs> to you guys uh i was now forced to rewatch it uh recently and i, and I do we're so sorry oh yeah no it's all good <laughs> um and i do agree like I, I think you said like rewatching it it's not the impact the, the, it's not a similar impact but i also think that has to do a little bit with like being trapped in the theater when you're watching it versus like we're just watching it at home yes that's a great and, um, that's great yeah. and like when you're the the movie is so um 
kind of immersive in its setting that it's and it's not like ostentatious mm-hmm. in any way like none of his movies really are in, in in some ways and so like you're just like you feel like you're trapped in like this apartment with them um and and yeah when you're and so at home it's a little bit different like i've watched it over like you know two different sittings and you know it's just a different vibe um still super effective but just a different experience um but anyways that yeah short thoughts um still still loved it but um curious what you what your guys's take was and when you first saw it too yeah and, and also it's like the darius kanji cinematography mm. like the digital like widescreen effect where it's like you see every inch of that apartment and you sort of like get to know especially george like that routine is so ingrained into the stubbornness yep and the i mean it really is like the end of a relationship and life yeah <laughs> like this is all just coming for us all and it's just it, i mean i do think that there is a sense of iciness with this one as well Although I think you can't, it's almost like this subject paints Haneke into a corner where it's like, how do you do this when it's like, what kind of hoops do you need to jump through to not feel as though you're compassionate or just telling the story? Because telling the story is sort of like what it travels through for me. And then we see Anne's fate. But you bring up Can, and I also wanted to mention like, cool little like list for what was competing for the palm this year like mud moonrise kingdom like someone in love killing them softly holy motors cosmopolis you know so cool picks there yeah that that was a really generally yeah. great year for in the yeah it really films. was yeah. yeah 2012 is underrated yeah. yeah um and and i and i think i saw somewhere it was i forget whose review but it's like rust and bone was gonna be like the predicted winner um uh. but ultimately ended up being a more uh and my first exposure it wasn't the same cinema studies course as a separation but it was the same professor uh it was my senior year of high school and my cinema studies um teacher like scrubs through the movies that he teaches religiously where it's like we we ended up getting like a like a quiz for for the details of the films that we see and they're really detail oriented and always like rewatches them um many times during the course and um he tells us the story that um my teacher's wife is like you're not gonna show that in a class are you <laughs> to to when amor was originally going to be shown and he's sort of like rewatching it after subbing it in for another film and then my professor was like, no, this is not, <laughs> I'm not going to do this. And I think something clicked where he's like, I- I'm just going to choose something else. And um, and then I- I- he replaces it with Amelie, which is like, oh, it's interesting. Like, that's such a huge contrast. Um, but that got me interested. And I then sought out a more, I think I was like 17 or 18. Um, really just, you know, um, piercing uh, experience but then that got me interested in Mikkel Haneke and and like you know then I saw like Code Unknown and Funny Games and Cachet oh, and so like this the, was your you first know, the, film that you saw by him? yeah oh, okay cool it was yeah nice. and and then like you know just like I, I didn't know like movies could make like could be made like that like mm. just like the craft was like so fresh to me like it was and it, it, it also like <laughs> I mentioned it a lot here, but that was also when Filmstruck was around, mm. and that had a collection of his films, and, and that was very accessible to me. Like that was, um, 
the first streaming service that I ever bought. <laughs> um, yeah, but it, it, that, was, that was cool. But that, that was like, wow, okay, I didn't really know, like, um, Europeans were making movies like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. That's great. Um, this is my first time watching it. Um, I would... Tout à l'heure, quand je suis entrée, je me suis rappelé comment je vous écoutais toujours faire l'amour quand j'étais petite. Ça me donnait le sentiment que vous vous aimiez et qu'on resterait toujours ensemble. Tu ne vas quand même pas malmener ton image sur tes vieux jours. Tu m'en garderais bien. Mais c'est quoi mon image Tu es un monstre parfois. Non mais dis-moi, qu'est-ce qu'il y a T'es devenu fou Assieds-toi. Non mais je veux pas m'asseoir Qu'est-ce qui se passe ici So I've seen, I think I've only, I think I've, I feel like I must have seen at least one other Hanukkah movie. So I've definitely watched Funny Games. Funny enough, I, funny enough, uh, uh, I watched Funny Games with Jack. Uh, we did a sync viewing. He, sh it was the American version. Um, and I, I knew, like, I had a kind of an understanding that it would be fucked up. I didn't realize how fucked up it was going to be. Um, and so... That didn't necessarily put me off of him, but I was just kind of like, oh, okay. Um, I'm not going to totally be in the mood to watch a Michelle, or sorry, it's Michael. Is it Michelle. Michael? or Why do I keep saying I've Michelle? Heard it, I've heard it, Mikel. Mikel. Yeah, Who am I thinking good. of? Um, but I also, I, don't, I, I remember this now, that we watched funny games together. And I think for me, it was more the excitement of like, wow, like I genuinely like it. It got to me, and I didn't know that movies could be made that way, especially thrillers. And I more want to show someone more than I wanted to like test you. Oh, yeah. Was that the first? Was that the first time you watched the American version? Because I think you were writing a paper. It on was. It. Yeah, it was. I, I was doing it. I was like reviewing it. Um, right, and yeah. you were just, hey, do you want to watch this with me? And I'm like, uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was nice. Um, didn't love <laughs> when they killed the fucking dog. That I mean, I know that's a fucking. I know that's Spoilers. like, yeah, but I know that's like a stereotypical, not stereotypical, but like that's a basic thing to complain about, but I still don't like. Yeah. So that apparently I, I just checked. That's the only, um, Haneke film I've seen. How, how do you pronounce the dude who made Internal Sunshine of the Pot Spotless Mind? How do you pronounce his name? Michelle Gondry. Gondry. Okay. That's what, that's, there that's the go. issue. Okay. That's, <laughs> I knew him. I knew French. Very similar like there films. is some, uh, exact. Well, right. Um, similar. 
Yeah, the, I would, I would say the um, the piano teacher is fantastic if you haven't seen that. And um, Cache. Yes, I've seen. Okay, yeah. yeah. Cache is great. I definitely want to see. I I knew I've been meaning. I've definitely been meaning to see. Cache is actually pretty accessible. It also has yeah. Binoche. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Binoche the White goat. Ribbon I struggle a bit more with, but I like it still. Mm-hmm. Um, Happy End I didn't yeah. really love his latest film. Um, yeah, and then, he hasn't made a movie since White Ribbon. Yeah. Well, no, um, ha- well, he made White Ribbon and then um, Amor and then or uh, I meant Happy and End. Happy whoops, End. Yeah, whoops. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, yeah, um, and, then, and Happy End and uh, Amor are the only two films that we could cover. Yeah, but yeah, I also no struggled with White Ribbon. Um, yeah, and I don't think anyone is also. I don't think anyone's knocking on the door like, <laughs> I want to cover Happy End. Let me cover Happy it's End. It's actually like, not. It's it's like not. It's sort of uncomfortable, but it's sort of like a family yeah well i'm not saying i'm not talking about like i'm not talking about because of the subject matter i'm talking about how no one's really thrilled about that movie. sure oh yeah. i see what you mean okay no but, one's like um, passionate about that i think if there's anything that stands out to me about him is like he kind of started making movies at an older age like wasn't he in his 40s or 50s when he made his debut something like that and yeah i know that's like uncommon for, yeah because he was folks, he's, but... he's 80 now so yeah and his debut was in uh, holy shit yeah yeah 89 so yeah, yeah. That was a thirty. Yeah, yeah. He's eighty nine. I have no idea. I actually now I'm thinking about. It. I have no idea. He's like a, he's like up there with like Clint and. Yeah, I have no idea how what he even looks like. <sighs> he's just sort of like a old German man. Is he German? Uh, Aust- I didn't know Austrian. That. Austrian. Oh, Austrian. Yeah, yeah. yeah same. Th- I, I'm 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 Austrian, so I can say that <laughs> it's same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's interesting to see this come from an austrian filmmaker but it's set in france Mm -hmm. that it it's from another director that is is winning for his country but is not set in the country like that's kind of unusual for yeah um, he um with the actors i know he um with like jean-louis trignant he he had not acted for like i think 15 years and then Mm -hmm. came out of retirement for this film and and now it's sad. It is sad actually watching because now they have both passed. Um, you know, Emmanuel Riva yeah. and 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 John Louis. So uh, yeah, it gives an extra little tinge. And of, of course, sadness. like, um, yes, yes. Um, it it haunts the film even more because uh, I, um, and and I think for both of us, like, the last time we rewatched it, like they were both with us. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. And Emmanuel Riva, of course, like, still holds the record for oldest nomination which is pretty cool he died this year i had no yeah. idea yeah. yeah john yeah when did um, she die uh 2017 years i believe yeah. 20, i was gonna say 2016 yeah that sounds yeah. right interesting um yeah theater near me was doing a john the wagering on uh retrospective which is pretty cool yeah it is interesting he's made like three like french films and he is not mm-hmm. fr- french yeah i think cache is set in france if i'm not mistaken or maybe, maybe four, actually. You know, you're right. There's a few, but... I mean, yeah, and he works um, with, like, one of the most... Like, the premier French actress, like, Isabelle Huppert. Mm-hmm. So it's like... Yeah. And Juliet. Uh, Julie B. Yeah. And she only, but he only worked with her once, right? Juliet um, Yeah. I think... No, she was... Um, Coda Known, Cachet. Yeah, Coda Known. Yeah, those were the two. And I think that's it, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Coda Known. And, yeah. Isabelle... Izzy, Izzy uh, Huppert is... So good and piano, piano teacher. He he must speak fluent French. I know this is a not necessarily <laughs> a, the most fascinating conversation, but I truly know nothing about the dude, um, which is weird because he is like a staple of filmmaking of the last twenty years. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
It, it, he or, seems like one of those yeah. people that will always like have a. I mean, Jordan, like, try to be wrong, but he seems like one of those people who will always have a spot at a festival. Like, oh, it's yeah. just like a mainstay to like. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, because because he's won the, like, the palm twice and you know. Stuff oh like yeah, that. yeah. And yeah, he. It is funny. Like he is. His, if you watch him doing interviews, like Amore was an interesting like kind of path because it ended up you know being nominated for multiple Oscars and stuff. So he, he was like involved in mm-hmm. in the Oscar race in some way. So he had did a lot more press. But like yeah. he is very if you listen if you look at any of his interviews, he's, he's very hesitant to talk about his um, any sort of thematic <laughs> influence or reasoning or anything to do with like any questions about his films very specifically. Like he doesn't want to answer anything because he wants the viewer to kind of like um, you know mm-hmm. he, you know his films are kind of like he's doing half the work then he wants you to do the other half um uh just like interpreting how you how you feel and so it's kind of funny if you look it up like that's why he's kind of like you know he doesn't when he any when he does movies he only really does a few interviews as well so he's kind of a little more guarded in that way um but yeah no i and and i think that's a great point because with this award season this was definitely him as most involved um i know people have even have, have even speculated that he took Ben Affleck's director spot. Oh um, yeah, that was the that big you thing could that make yeah. that case. What a hilarious choice! Okay, it's fascinating, but I also think that's um, representative of like this is the time when the Academy is starting to um, diversify and how like global their their members can be, and then later on in the decade we'll see like Alfonso. Did this Rome have a chance to win Best Picture? Um. Because it, it, it was really it was Life of Pi and Argo that were like the big, yeah, the big yeah. like horse race. Well, I'm just saying yeah. it could have pulled off like the it could have pulled there, Zero Dark Thirty Two. Yeah, right. yeah, that's right. And even yeah. Silver Linings it's just, in some it's, ways. But yeah. mm, Silver Linings, yeah. How many times has a Best International Feature get nominated for Best Picture? Because Parasite was the first time that like Parasite. it won for both. Crouching Tiger, right? Yeah, there, there's been a handful. I mean, uh, last Drive My Car mm-hmm. was. Um, Drive My Car, yeah. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I know it's just so much short list. I know um, uh, Roma obviously was. Roma, um, yeah. Be- yeah, and that almost won. Yeah. Wasn't and there's probably going to be something that I'm going to kick myself. Minari, I believe Minari was a Minari. Yeah, Minari was. Minari. Uh, right. Yeah, letters from Iwo Jima. Mm-hmm. Life is beautiful, I think. Um, yeah, okay. life is beautiful. That's right. So it, is, okay, talk it, about it, a comedy. It, <laughs> um, but yeah, um, it's, it's definitely a short-ish okay. list. I'm, I'm looking it up now. Yeah, it's like one, two, three, four, five, six. Eight, but it's growing. Yeah, it's like 13 yeah, films. Like, so and it'll it'll keep growing, which is exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just I just find it interesting how many nominations this got. Like, it's definitely mm-hmm. you know best act, best performance by an actress. Um, it made money. It was a hit. Yeah, oh, yeah, and like, it's like it's dir- directing screenplay, like it didn't go full Parasite, but like this is <laughs> a decent amount of nominations for. Well, Parasite didn't even get an acting nomination. True, um, but didn't it get like production design and like other craft stuff. I think it maybe might I'm, have gotten below the line. Yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe I'm making that up. Um, but What's it, it also I'm, oh yeah. fun. F- oh, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say, do you, I mean, what do you guys think? Of the, I, I do think this movie does, does have that like universal appeal where because it's tackling such a, a thing that everyone single person is going to go through it's like 
and and it also probably appeals to an older demographic a bit more as well. So it's like it does feel uh, older Academy voters. Yeah, too. so it's not an, an entire shock. I think that it was that it was so embraced. Mm-hmm. I do remember that season though, just being like, oh, yeah. it's weird to see Hanukkah like all around <laughs> all around the, the circuit, so to speak. Yeah, no, I, I yeah, like I I can, I can only imagine like I I've only seen um, clips of it. Obviously, it wasn't I wasn't like in tune yet for yeah. award season, but to imagine him. And like Spielberg and Ang Lee oh. and well, Catherine you, Bigelow and like those I mean, THR roundtables or something. I was gonna like say that. if you've never seen it, I mean that is yeah. an iconic clip where it's it, there's an, a clip where it's John Krasinski, uh, and and Michael Haneke and then a few others, and like they 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 ask some question and Haneke gives the most like solemn like. <laughs> death is coming for us all kind of answer and you're like you just see everyone else kind of nod around the table and it's just like it's it's incredible yeah i'm surprised he didn't kill john krasinski i feel like if he just saw him he would murder him (laughs) Um. oh my gosh yeah would you make a film about hitler no why do you agree are there some subjects that you should not touch in film john um, <laughs> perfect. Um, when he said the J part, I was so happy. It, it ended. <laughs> no, no, but let's try and get a serious answer. Is I, there a subject that you can't tackle in film? I, yeah. So, what was I going to say? Um, yeah, it, the thing, yeah, like the universal appeal for sure. I mean, the father also received. Do you think Mikhail Haneke has seen the Hollers? <laughs> yeah. God. This did um, I, on rewatch. I was like, oh wow, the father was just kind of like another riff on this exact idea in some ways. Um, and Vor- and Vortex, yeah. like Vortex. I thought a lot about the father yeah, and yeah. Vortex too, to be honest. Um, I don't know. If you, have you, did you guys see that this year, the Gaspar Noe film? No, I've, uh, I, I, it's on my list. Uh, yeah. Okay. yeah, it's. Uh, I liked Amor is way better, but people like Vortex. I didn't really like it, but it, it's it's almost the exact same concept of just like watching a couple like deteriorate in front of your eyes, like an older couple years. Is this, <laughs> and this might be a stupid question, but like, how many times has this been done in like pretty like major films, like this kind of tackling of like whether it be Alzheimer's or. Um, you know, just like pure deterioration of a person of a older person. Like, has that been a thing that happens a lot in like main studio, like well, big studio films? I mean, I, I think people, I mean, it's, I mean, like, uh, still Alice was one recently. I mean, I think people kind of push away for it a bit mm-hmm. because of the lack of commercial appeal, but like, but like, but uh, like before mm-hmm. 2012, I'm saying, like, is oh, more like the first, yeah. like, did this, Amor did get, did Amor get the ball rolling on more of these movies getting made? Um, that is a great. I wouldn't be surprised question. if it was a major player that was the focus, if not just like a side character. Like, I wish I were to think of examples. It was just, but I wouldn't be surprised if it were that um, Alzheimer's or a, a type of disease for the elderly was the the side focus to someone else's main story in, in a film that that was popular. Um, right, that's but, a good point. As in, like that's the subplot rather than exactly. The plot. Yeah. Or, right, that's a great point. Yeah, obviously that's happened before, but yeah, like a movie. And of course, like like I I feel like Jordan mentioned this before we started. Um, that this was Mikkel Hanukkah's softer side. <laughs> like this this was not like a. I mean, the consensus was like this wasn't a clinical take on the deterioration. No, of... it's not funny games where they spit at the audience. Like just, <laughs> right. like you just get a loogie like to the eye. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, oh. well, you know what? Actually, a great example of one a few years before this was um, Away From Her, Sarah Polly's um, first film. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, That, that yeah. dealt with a couple with Alzheimer's. I, just, I was just thinking of that, too. Um, but, yeah, anyways, that, yeah. But, yeah, it that's is, a, yeah, it's definitely story. a, um, I mean, I've, obviously, I've, with you guys having seen funny games, you can kind of tell the difference. But it's just, it's like an interesting, um, there's an interesting warp, warmth to the movie in the sense that, like, you know, he's not script wise, not really, but like the sense of uh, like they feel like real human characters, like where some of the other movies kind of feel like him trying to make a point in some ways, like or there's just like a much more detached sense. Whereas, yeah, like, it's not political. It's yeah, yeah. It's just... or even like yeah, even some of like even Cache or some other movies, like it just feels a little like you're one step removed and you're looking in. in whereas, like mm-hmm. this feels like you're part of the experience in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, absolutely. He's, he still finds ways to not make you feel with, well, I don't know. Like he's still, it's not as like, it's not as schmaltzy and as sentimental as no, no. it could be like a close up. Like there is like almost no close ups until like minute 10 or whatever. There's very little camera movement. Right, it's all wide and medium shots for so long, and like, it, and he mm-hmm. barely does close-ups in this movie. And you would think this would be close-up city, you know, with this like very intense emotionally, like you know, a lot of pathos of just like emotional trauma happening like constantly. Um, you would think that would just a lot of be like a lot of close-ups and teary eyes and that kind of thing but yeah he there's just a lot of restraint on his report mm-hmm. on his part and not to say close-ups are bad or whatever but you know depending on the filmmaker they can definitely be overused like they could be like a crutch to like throw in some emotion rather than letting the actual content of the film and the um script do that work it's like i'm really just a close-up Why of an actor crying that close-ups are bad Oh, that's weird. Just, yeah, just I know. Now. Just simultaneously. Yeah. I hate yeah, Barry Jenkins and Jonathan Demi. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> there's not... And, yeah, and to that point, like, there's not much catharsis um, that I guess like if you were to focus a story on this that you would reach um, other than what happens to Anne. <laughs> but that's just more like a sense of inevitability and dread than... It was that, like, they were saying their final goodbyes in a more, um, in a more, like, sanitized version of what this could have been. Right. Yeah. It could have been, like, you know, and, like, the score, all or, like, is there actually, I know I watched this last night, but is there an actual score in this? I forget. (laughs) Like. I think it's just classical music, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Yeah. And yeah, it, there's so many times where it could just like swell up and just, mm. it, yeah, he, there's so, I mean, and that's Haneke in general. There's so many times where he can just take the easy route and he's like, let me find the most difficult route possible. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Maybe not with this one specifically, but just thinking about, you know, funny games and how alienating that can be. Um, with this though, it, I think why it's not alienating is because, and this is going to sound very schmaltzy and I'm going to might gag when I say it, but it's about love. <laughs> you know, it's about like how someone well, can I love mean, someone so thinking much. Thinking about the, the, the American title, isn't the American title love? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, that, well, that's yeah, the, yeah, a more, a more is 
uh, love in English. In, so it's in, not the American right, title. Right. It's so, like the know, word. It's, that, that schmaltzy comment does mean something. Right, right. Um, and of course, Haneke is known for the restraint to not to to bear witness to something. And I think with with the, what we're bearing witness to, it's okay because there's so little uncomfortability. Um, if there is uncomfortability, then I think it's deeply human, um, like the George relationship with Izzy Huppert. Yeah. And what that does, because you kind of understand, like, yes, he's very stubborn and um, trying to take on a burden and obeying Anne's wish to not go back to the hospital, but that still doesn't, that, that still isn't enough for um, Izzy Huppert to, to just, just be like, she needs to be in better hands. Eva, that's right, that's the name. And she needs to be in better hands and uh, you're not the sole caretaker for a reason. And there's, you know, but then we, we, we see what happens with uh, with the other caretaker. <laughs> yeah, the I, I like this choice too to show, um, like at the beginning, the death. So like it kind of sucks away any suspense from the movie. Like you're not questioning <laughs> that. Like you know that death is coming. Obviously it's, pretty obvious considering like the you know i'm sure you know going into the movie you guys knew that was going to happen but like i i liked that it kind of because of like doing that decision like kind of you know removes suspense and also it's like strictly pairs it down so like you're just focusing on the acting and their like relationship and you're not like guessing about what might come um right it's not distracting your mind from what's happening in the film because i that's a great point because a lot of times Mm. you're just like you're trying to predict or you're thinking about how it was going to happen. Maybe like, well, this be the time. This yeah. is right. Right. And right, I guess right. at the end, the other thing I, which I didn't really quick, quick up, pick up the first time, but I forgot that it's kind of, or I just didn't remember that it's kind of open-ended the end with what happens to George at the end. Like I was reading more. Mm-hmm. It's like he either perhaps died from suicide. Like, I guess you see like windows throughout the movie and how they're kind of like open and how he's like looking out of them. And like, so I, I guess people kind of read that as he, like, jumped out the window after she died, which I didn't... You know. Well, yeah, because in the beginning of the film, when they go into her room, yeah, one of, like, the lead inspectors asks, do you open that window? And the other guy says no. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, um, but, like, that... George, but he sealed his own life has always been my read, too. Yeah. Right. But he... I think he definitely killed himself. I don't know in what way. Because the thing is, like, he sealed that room with tape and stuff. So it would be kind of weird if he just, like, went back in and was like, I don't know. Maybe right. maybe I'm reading too much into that. Like, maybe it's that's too plot. Um, yeah. But, yeah, we'll like, that's... Out in, in Glass glass Onion to uh, an, an more Mystery. <laughs> <laughs> Benoit Blanc can be on the case. Uh, now I do declare. <laughs> <laughs> Um, There's a fun ensemble just trying to like see what happens to this old French man. God, Uh, I I can hear the firecracker dialogue right now. Yeah, exactly. Um, But yeah, like uh, the thing that struck me more, like it's all yeah. Like I said, I I had gotten married like right when this movie came out, so like after that, having ten years of marriage and watching it, it's like I found it very interesting. Like that idea of like okay, best case scenario at the end of your life you're with the person you love and like this is just what it is like this is what it's gonna be and like i just feel like yeah yeah. Uh, um (laughs) this is best case scenario right (laughs) and there's just like so many shots of like just life is for them is just like it's down because like their immobility it's like 
they're just walking around halls like talking about things they've read or listened to talking about their life in some ways like feeding each other like it's like there's like this tenderness sadness and like it's just like it's, i don't know it's like an interesting it's not sensationalized at all i should say it's like a very um yeah seemingly accurate portrayal of yeah of love absolutely and i think it's that balance that we see where it's like very sensational portrayal and there's a lot of warmth in this that it it's like yeah it's like it, it's it's a weird balance that it makes sense why this ended up winning the oscar and why this was around an award season that doesn't take away the fact that it was a Mika hanukkah film <laughs> that is like it does still have that that European craft and, um, you know, very detailed performances and um, very rigid dialogue. But it, it all goes to service. Like, this is, you know, taking care of each other in sickness and in health. And in, in, in how much do you love your partner? And I guess it's just sort of like answering those, those very um, morally gray and unanswerable questions. Like, it's so interesting watching this right after a better world where like this is a subplot mm. and it's after the fa- after the fact but um one of like the single father like the um widow is what what's a what's a dude widow widower is that it no yeah oh, okay well cool um like the widower is like Yes, I did wish she would die at the end because I wanted her to like her suffering to end. Um, and I would, yeah, I was thinking about that watching this. Um, I think even before uh, he kills her, it's like the idea of wait, what? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, I the I you know the idea of loving so someone so much you want them to die like that's so that's really like kind of nuts. Um, Obviously, it makes sense, and I think everyone kind of can understand that, but to kind of just that, but, like, saying that sentence out loud is really disturbing for some reason to me. I mean, it's, it's beautiful, like, it's beautiful in a way, because that's, like, the person you love most in this world, you would rather them leave than be in pain, and that's, you know, it's like, you know, it, I'm kind of saying something everyone else has said, but it is, but the film represents that so much and gives, and gives you the idea of how far love can take you, what it can actually make you do. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's super powerful. Yeah. I had to pause this movie a thousand different times when watching it. Cause I'm just like, <laughs> Okay, let me like check Twitter or something. Like, <laughs> I, I need a. I ordered ice cream. Yeah, like. <sighs> I mean, it's not, you know, it's. I like that it. I, I don't know what it says, but I, I don't know what this says that I didn't find it as taxing as I thought. Um. I was going to find it because. No, it, yeah, it's not the most depressing film I've ever seen, but that's yeah. it. But that's like a. You know that's a pretty high bar. Um, it's. I, yeah. I think it just it just faces you. It confronts you with the most grim um, ideas of like 
what how do much you further do can right. yeah what do you i mean there is a bit of what do you do um in this but it's like how much further can Anne go like if she goes to a hospital if she has a caretaker if george is there <laughs> by her side like where's where is this going yeah and it's, I, it's, it's and george kind of talks grim. george also says that idea a lot like where the yeah. idea of when anytime um uh isabel Huppert is like you sh- like you this something needs to ha- change something that we need to do something and he's like what would you have me do yeah here's the reality i'm i'm doing everything give me a fuck like anytime someone like says that he's like oh, what's the alternative the scene when the laugh track plays it's really weird <laughs> yeah, right. um but like what in in i kind of i love how much agency he has because i think in and maybe this is more american cinema but old people usually have no agency in our movies like unless it's like usually like they're helpless or they're the you know they're the old father they're, they're trying to like take care of or the old mother and um you know and like the, the the father the movie um like that's of course the plot of that and you know he's a helpless old man who uh, is and of course i'm not saying that as a criticism but that is usually like the common portrayal but like George has actually like a lot of agency and makes like the right decisions, um, or so to sp- you know, I guess that's subjective. But like, you know, like I don't like I, I was thinking just like what else could he do? There's not like a thing he fucked up at. Like not really. I mean he he made a promise to his wife that I think makes sense. Um, he's trying his best. He works so fucking hard to make sure she's okay. He fires a nurse that's abusing or that's mistreating her. It's like he's there's nothing else he could have done, and yeah, that's like a you know sad but beautiful idea of someone truly just devoting their entire life to the person they love. Um, and he knows what's happened, he and he says like this is gonna happen. She's gonna get worse, and she's gonna be in more pain, and then she's gonna die. And I just have to live with that. But that's just what's gonna happen. Like when when uh, Ava asks what's next, she's like what do you think and he's very i i, I like how he defends himself too again i, I think mm-hmm. a, i you know the elderly usually have very little agency or um in, in like agency in like movies especially american cinema yeah there's not many movies focused on uh the elderly with this much agency that like they're like the their movies like they're like the stars of the movie I was gonna say movie stars. That doesn't sound right. Um, I guess like you know Riva and Drew, like they're they're um, they were icons of like the French New Wave, and and it's like we also carry that like cinematic legacy with them uh, for people who have who have really um, studied and, and cared for their work, and, and of course like um, ten years later from or from the film, it's like it's it's carried a lot more weight since both of their passings. Um, yeah, and it's like films focused on senior citizens. I know this is gonna be like a weird example to bring up, but that's why like the Five Bloods was a such a um, revelation that that was a movie about like very folks good were, like, point, Mr. Draper. Um, yeah. I didn't. Yeah, yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah, yeah. but 
I, and I, too, um, I like to the um, kind of elements. There's like horror elements in here in some ways. Like, are they? Oh like, yeah. Like, like the hand, uh, the the kind of nightmare he has with the hand. I wanted him to direct a horror movie the moment that scene. Like his, his use of negative space. Yeah. I mean, that's him in general with like how much he's adverse to close ups. But it was just really solid. Yeah, know? it was just interesting <laughs> to see him play around with that kind of stuff here, and it definitely adds to the mood big time. <laughs> death is around there i think he has directed a horror thing like something wolf oh yeah um, time of the wolf children of the wolf i've not yeah. seen is it, is it a short no no it's a fe- yeah me neither it's a feature yeah. no it's a feature yeah. no i've not yeah. seen it oh really also those yeah, like, shots of them at night with like how he uses like you know it's almost pitch black but you can see like the outlines of the uh, you know the outlines mm-hmm. of their face and that's also I, I and i don't know if it's meant to be creepy but i was definitely creeped out in those like moments just because you can barely it's like just pure darkness, but you can still see mm-hmm. their eyes. Yeah. Um, I mean, the film is. I mean, I, I guess this goes out saying, "Great looking movie." Great. Yeah. Looking Darius Kanji, like one of my favorite all-time cinematographers. Um, she's gonna. He's gonna go on to shoot, uh, like Lost City of Z and Uncut Gems, and. Uh, For some reason, the in the beginning, the shots of the theater, uh, reminded me a lot of and this is and i have no basis for this it's been a while since i've seen the movie it's just a feeling is the lives of other others the german yeah film. yeah, yeah there's yeah. some theater That's there's some theater film. scenes in that because i think one like the main one of the main characters is a um, playwright mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. yeah and for some reason and i'm not saying it's exactly the same but that was just what came to mind and i don't know i can't and i truly can't explain why mm. but yeah i forgot that Darius kanji also shot the american adaptation of funny games it's interesting oh yeah so this um, was my first collaboration yeah that's fun yeah yeah um yeah i know like that i think it was oh i forget who pointed it out but it was darkest but that there was there was a framing that both the opening shot of the inspectors and the firemen um and the opera scene are both framed similarly that it's like the perspective of the outsider that mm. we follow like both of them coming into something that we are we have no uh introduction to oh yeah yeah that is interesting yeah you, you never see like what they're watching yeah either yeah you're it's like they're yeah that is interesting yeah it's it's like it's another thing where there's no close-ups really either like you know you're it's standoffish in his normal way but yet what he's depicting has more humanity to it, but there's still that like mm-hmm. detached n- nature. Which, um, yeah, it comes from the script and the acting for sure. Yeah. Like he doesn't, he, there's nothing, there's no directorial choices that makes me think that he's trying to like have this swooning romance or whatever. I think it's, yeah, it's right. very <laughs> much like, it's just the way they touch their, like how he holds her hand. It's truly like something that's small yeah. that makes, that makes the whole scene feel like about love um yeah. jordan i'm just curious what do you th- what's your favorite uh, uh foreign language winner of the decade of 2010 oh uh let's see I, I mean i suppose it'd be this one i guess this was my number one yeah i was looking back actually at my list so at 2020 or sorry at 2012 and which by the way i am i was really happy to hear that you chose this because we contact you so early on in scheduling guests for this we also it, it like, would be rough to ask someone I, to cover this one exactly and that is like hey you want to cover okay, a more that's taken off <laughs> right where it's like you just 
and and I love yeah, the, I, like your history with it. So it would it, be so yeah, it, it would be close. Yeah. This and then a separation would be close. And then I did like Son of Saul when it came out. That's another one I didn't revisit because it's been so rough. Um, but mm-hmm. if we're going, I know you guys are only 2010s, but if we're sneaking into this decade, Drive My Car would be the yeah. highest out of all. Anything. That film but, is fucking so good yeah. just like and i think about that movie sometimes and i'm like jesus christ how did they pull that one <laughs> yeah. off that's, that's another so where it's like in theaters like i'm like you said with the more where it's like it really just towers over you it's one of the best films ever made yeah. to me i really wish i saw that in theaters that would have been so mm-hmm. cool yeah um but yeah the other one so looking at my 2012 list the other ones that are i've given i gave four and a half stars to so I gave to the wonder because I'm a Malik fanboy five stars, but that technically didn't get a U.S. release <laughs> until the next year. So, um, yeah. but uh, yeah, so Holy Motors, The Act of Killing, Leviathan, which is great, like Someone in Love, The Master, and uh, actually Flight, which I I'm also I love Zemeckis, <laughs> and so that was those are my top ones. Um, oh my gosh, Jordan, that would make such a fun episode. Yeah. Let's do Flight. There we go. Let's do it. <laughs> Um, so yeah, yeah th- those are <laughs> those were the ones that were like up there for me that year, um, and some of the four star ones. But um, yeah. but yeah, uh, I didn't realize also it's such a beautiful day came out the hurts the Hertzfeld animation. Yeah, yeah that yeah. would be up there. Anyway, so yeah, looking back, probably like just in terms of like t- ten years later, what actually would I would probably put higher? I'd probably put um, the Master and Leviathan higher, maybe just because those have stuck with me more. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, more still in the top five for sure. Yeah, um, I think maybe I, on that that same avenue, let's maybe go into what twenty twelve had for other nominations for um, foreign language best international feature. Is it wait? What uh, is the what is the category? I, don't, called? I keep doing both. I don't. I, I Wikipedia has it as. Um, it, it, Best international feature. So it, but up until I keep yeah, on up until twenty twenty. But was, I know it was recently changed. Yeah, it was so, best foreign language film, yeah. and then uh, in twenty twenty onward, it's best international feature film. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually kind of crazy, and you're going to say them, but I have not seen any of these. Uh, Neither have I. Okay. <laughs> um, so I bet I've seen have, all of them. <laughs> we have War Witch from French Canadian. Love it. Play a scene and give it favorite films. <laughs> yeah. Um, a Royal Affair from Denmark. Ah, oh, that one's so good. Stars. I forgot about that one. Early, so good. Early Vikander, um, the which I never saw. Early Vikander, yeah, exactly. I was just going to say. I was about to say um, that, obviously, since I was <laughs> Yeah. Um, no, I actually knew that. Kontiki from Norway. Yeah, oh, great one. You, Perfect. You, you wrote uh, the Blu-ray essay for it. Absolutely. Um, Isn't... And one that I actually do want to see. Um, it's been on my watch for a long time. It's No by Pablo Lorraine yeah. uh, from Chile. Um, you're, wait, you're not going to say the title? Yeah. No. 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 You're not, no. Oh, so you're not going to say the title. <laughs> so dumb. Uh, oh, fuck you, you all know, right? You know I can't make that joke. You know what's kind of funny, actually? The thing that ties a lot of these directors together is the English language projects they would go on to make, which is kind of sad. Like the Contiki yeah. guys made Pirates of the Caribbean, the one no one saw. Or yeah. People saw it, but it was bad. And then Is that the Black Pearl Lorraine. one? Or not Black Pearl, Blackbeard? Is that the Blackbeard one? Uh, De- uh, Dead Man Tell, Tell No Tales, I think. Whatever. I did not see um, it. I think it was the latest one. And then um, and the, a, a Royal the Bardem. Affair director would go... Yeah, yeah the Dark the, Tower. A Royal Affair director would go on to the Dark yeah, Tower. Yeah, it's kind of... Um, yeah. interesting. Thankfully, my... And obviously, Hanukkah has uh, not done that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, probably. Oh, I just um, received news. He's directing uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume <laughs> Four. <laughs> Apparently, Peter Quill's gonna murder all of them. Okay. Oh, and even even <laughs> Kim Kim Nguyen, the Warwick director, made uh, uh, he made the Hummingbird Project, which I did not see. The Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so every every single one um, has went on to make an English language film. That is kind of funny. Everyone's yeah, favorite exactly. movie, The Hummingbird Project. Right. I just people are lining up <laughs> around the theater, just like hummingbird, you could say hummingbird. You could say they're buzzing. Uh, All right. But um, oh, and you gave me shit for the no joke. This is a fucking hypocrisy. That was so at its lazy. Highest. Oh, was it was lazy. not. It was good, and everyone loved it. So okay. Well, I'll have to add in a laugh track. But we sort of had a similar discussion with what Suzanne Beer was competing against with In a Better World mm-hmm. that you have in your Ritu, Lanthimos, and Denis Villeneuve that would all go on yeah. to. Yeah, but like no. those are names. I mean, yeah, no, no offense to the guys nominated in this no, one, no, no, but no, those are like you, names. I see what you mean, but I'm just saying it's like similar. It is crazy how big of a drop off in names this was. It was like, I mean, <laughs> I know I know, A Better World was 2010 and then it was Separation yeah. and then it was this, but still it's like... Mm-hmm. Yeah. You compare that to so like these are those are like four gigantic fucking filmmakers, and then yeah. or not Suzanne Beer. Um, no offense, but it's not a gigantic filmmaker, so like three. <laughs> um, but and now it's then it's like all these guys where you're like, I mean, they directed some stuff. Um, but then next year I will have seen the no- like a few of the nominees, so yeah. different, uh, four, different times. Four of the next ones. Let's yeah. yes, same. Uh, let's go into favorite scene. Anyone like to go first? <laughs> this is a rough, I don't know. Like, I, it's one of those movies where I'm just like, oh, I loved when that happened. It's like, yeah. uh. Most rewatchable. Yeah. Uh, I don't you know. I, I have one if anybody Yeah, like to, go. Like, go. Go. Because yeah. you're going to take mine and um, I'm going to have to be creative. Oh, no. Um, do you want to see it on three? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, it's the scene when Eva confronts george about what to do with Anne. um is it the one with or without the husband it's without the husband yeah Mm. it's where she's just like i want to see mom and she's like barges in i i I forgot there was two (laughs) that's right um and and he's just like you know just let her be let her be like let us do our thing you're living your life you're an adult now And, and and it's i think it's that scene when when it ends with like what is there left to talk about or, or, or here he's like, let me change the subject. The subject and the way and just, and it, those edits happen, like so after he says dark. like a like a like he after he like drops like a bomb on her, it cuts like you don't even get a reaction. There's, I, I I do want to highlight the editing in here is fantastic. There are some just really just like he'll just end he'll just end the scene like the moment it loses any momentum, like the moment mm-hmm. it, it he feels like it is done, mm-hmm. he'll just cut it no reaction it does not stay on it there's no stack doesn't it's not it doesn't like leave um it doesn't leave the camera there for a second it's just like next to the scene and the way it like depicts time is also very interesting and that makes sense that it is a normal team of editors it's monica willie and nadine muse Mm. uh the bros the homies (laughs) um yeah and we love nadine and monica yeah, I think. Non mais dis donc, qu'est-ce qu'il y a T'es devenu fou Assieds-toi. Non mais je veux pas m'asseoir. Qu'est-ce qui se passe ici Il ne se passe rien. J'essaie de nous éviter à tous un drame inutile. Je suppose que ta mère dort. Elle dort toute la journée. 
En revanche, elle se réveille la nuit. Si tu le veux vraiment, nous irons la voir tout à l'heure. Maintenant, viens t'asseoir. Nous faisons chaque jour nos exercices de parole, ou bien on chante ensemble. Généralement, vers 5 heures, je me réveille. À cette heure-là, elle ne dort pas encore. On change la couche. Je lui mets de la crème pour éviter les escarres. Et vers 7 heures, j'essaie de la convaincre de manger et de boire. Parfois, ça réussit, parfois, non. Parfois, elle raconte des choses de son enfance. Ou bien, elle appelle au secours pendant des heures. Et puis, tout à coup, elle pouffe de rire. Ou elle pleure. Rien de tout cela ne mérite d'être montré. Tu peux pas m'interdire de la voir. Je peux faire quelque chose pour toi Maman. 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 
de dénilu très chaud. Et ça fait du bien. J'ai été idiot de fermer la porte tout à l'heure. Excuse-moi. J'ai été pris au dépourvu. Je suis désolé. Comment ça va se passer maintenant Comment ça va se passer L'infirmière vient trois fois par semaine. Tous les quinze jours, le docteur Berthier et la coiffeuse. C'est ce que tu voulais savoir, non ça va se passer comme ça s'est passé jusqu'ici. Ça va aller de mal en pis, ça durera, et puis un jour, ce sera fini. Tu peux pas continuer comme ça, papa. Non Non. Qu'est-ce que tu proposes Tu veux pas qu'on parle sérieusement, toi et moi Qu'est-ce que tu appelles parler sérieusement Tu veux prendre maman chez toi Tu veux l'expédier dans une maison de retraite, c'est ça que tu veux I think my, I mean, it's it's hard to say favorite, but the scene I was most right. impressed with was uh, most impressed. Most impressed. Yeah, like yeah, the I mean, honestly, it's probably the the most shocking scene, which is the la the when he smothers her. But before beforehand, when he tells the story, and you're kind of not expecting anything, and it's kind of like this tender moment, and so that element where it's um, just like that decision of how to play that scene out, I guess, and the, and the script writing there, I thought was really, really interesting. Um, and that juxtaposition of like a lovely story and then <laughs> death <laughs> i did it's funny i uh, at one point i had i just had a feeling he was gonna smother her with a pillow i didn't think that scene but i'm like i mm-hmm. it was one of those things where i'm like when when's the breaking point because it just felt like the conclusion or not the conclusion but i guess it and maybe this was just maybe me just like i feel like maybe that would maybe i was just thinking maybe that's the best thing to do at this point because mm-hmm. she's like she just i mean just imagine your the love of your life is just screaming saying like hurts 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 just in pain constantly in pain and cannot stop wailing in pain what would mm-hmm. i wolf i'm sorry that at that <laughs> oh boy this is one of those movies where you kind of just laugh when you talk about it because it's so fucking dark um c'est la couche elle est pleine Où est-ce que tu as mal Ça va, ça va, ça va. Je suis là. Tout va bien. On va... Tu veux que je te raconte une histoire Mais tu dois rester tranquille parce que je peux pas parler trop fort. Ça me fatigue. Quand j'étais tout petit, oh, d'ailleurs j'étais pas tellement petit que ça, 
Je pense que c'était à la fin de l'école primaire. Donc, je devais avoir dans les 10 ans. Papa et maman m'avaient envoyé dans une colonie de vacances. Ils pensaient que ça me ferait du bien de vivre un été avec des enfants de mon âge. On était hébergés dans un vieux château au milieu des forêts. Je crois que c'était en Auvergne. Non, je ne sais plus. En tout cas, c'était le contraire de ce que j'avais imaginé. Nous devions nous lever à 6 heures du matin et plonger dans un lac. C'était un petit lac à côté du château. Il était alimenté par un ruisseau de montagne glacial. On devait y entrer en courant, en rang par deux. Tu sais que je n'ai jamais été très sportif. Il y avait tout un programme établi pour nous maintenir en mouvement toute la journée. Vraisemblablement, afin d'étouffer dans, dans l'œuf d'éventuelles pulsions pubertaires. Mais le pire, c'était la nourriture. Le troisième jour de notre arrivée, au repas du midi, il y a eu du riz au lait. Je déteste le riz au lait. Nous étions assis autour de longues tables dans une salle immense. Je ne voulais pas manger de ce machin. Et euh, un éducateur m'a dit euh, « Si tu ne finis pas ton assiette, tu ne sors pas d'ici. » Donc, après le repas, tout le monde est sorti. Et je suis resté seul, en larmes. J'avais conclu avec maman un pacte secret. Je devais lui écrire chaque semaine. Et je devais lui envoyer une carte postale. Si le séjour me plaisait, je devais y dessiner des fleurs. Et sinon, des étoiles. Elle a gardé la carte. Elle était recouverte d'étoiles. Après trois heures, j'ai pu enfin sortir. Je suis monté dans ma chambre. Je me suis couché. J'avais plus de 40 de fièvre. C'était la diphtérie. On m'a amené dans l'hôpital le plus proche où on m'a mis en quarantaine. Ce qui fait que maman... Quand elle est venue me voir, n'a pu que me faire des signes derrière la vitre. Un jour, je n'ai plus retrouvé cette carte. C'est dommage.
My favorite scene, I don't know. I, I, I do love Someone them. should Photoshop our faces. Like, one of us should be Jean-Louis. <laughs> right. The poster, you know? It's like. Yeah, that would be super appropriate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I love, I love how she, like, fucking trashes the British at one point. That's not my favorite scene, but she's, like, she's talking about Ava's husband. She's like, I don't want him to come. I, you know, he's going to make some jokes about my uh, fucking appearance. And I, you know, we know all those british with their humor and it's like whoa it's like bucket fucking bodies all them that's really funny i think it might be when they meet her former student mm. and their house it's really touching and also like she she's i don't want to say embarrassed i don't know she feels i she feels so I think just the idea of like she's meeting or she's seeing this person who looks up to her so much and kind of being not I don't want to say disappointing but having this like f you know looking frail and you know uh, almost damaged and I'm not saying damaged as in like that's I'm saying in her mind damaged mm -hmm. um, that must have been, it's like so heartbreaking. And he and she doesn't even want to really reference it because she's like, I want to remember this as a lovely time, not a time when we talked about like the worst things that's ever happened in my life. Mm. Um. And and he does and Haneke does that cut again where he's like in the middle of playing the song and they cut. Like, he doesn't even really get to play it. It's truly kind of like, yeah, I I. I know I don't know if this makes sense, but I love how ruthless he is with this editing. It's just when it's like, no, I'm just fucking, mm. I'm not giving you that. No, we're moving on. Ah, bonjour. Ça c'est très gentil. Je suis désolé de vous tomber dessus comme ça. J'ai essayé plein de fois de vous téléphoner, mais ça marchait pas. Oh, excusez-moi, je ne décroche que quand j'ai enregistré le correspondant et que je sais qu'il m'appelle. Mais entrez donc. J'étais vraiment désolé, j'ai pas pu passer après le concert. Ça m'avait fait tellement plaisir que vous soyez venu. Venez, venez. Et hier, il y a mon agent qui m'a appelé. En fait, j'enregistre un disque au mois de juin. Et euh, je devais choisir le lieu, le piano. Euh, bref, j'ai pris un avion pour Paris ce matin. Et quand je suis arrivé à mon hôtel, je me suis dit que j'allais essayer de passer vous voir. Il est tout à côté. C'est gentil. C'est pour votre épouse. Merci. Elle n'est pas là Si, si, je, je vais la chercher tout de suite. Asseyez-vous, je vous en prie. J'espère que je vous dérange pas. Non, non, pas du tout. Je suis très content de vous voir. Asseyez-vous. Nous étions absolument enthousiasmés par votre concert, ma femme et moi. Et nous espérions vous revoir bientôt. Mais euh, je vous offre quelque chose euh, Un thé euh, Non, merci. Je vais juste poser les fleurs et dire que vous êtes là. À tout de suite. 
Alexandre, je suis ravie. Quelle joie de vous voir. Madame Laurent, moi aussi je suis ravie. Restez assis. Allez, asseyez-vous. Ne faites pas cette tête. Je suis vraiment fière de vous. Nous étions tous les deux emballés après votre concert. Dès le lendemain matin, Georges a voulu aller acheter votre nouveau CD. Oh mon Dieu. Je voulais vous en apporter un et puis j'ai complètement oublié. Je suis parti de façon tellement précipitée. Écoutez, je vais essayer d'en trouver un aujourd'hui. Non, je non, je vous en prie. Nous voulons tout de même contribuer à votre succès. Même si ce n'est que pour 20 euros. Vous y avez déjà bien contribué. Je vous dois beaucoup, madame. Vous le devez à votre travail et à votre talent. Vous vous souvenez quand vous m'avez donné à jouer pour la première fois les bagatelles J'avais 12 ans. Et avec mon arrogance toute juvénile, je vous ai demandé mais pourquoi donc des bagatelles Non Et vous m'avez passé un sacré savon ce jour-là. Qu'est-ce qui vous est arrivé je suis paralysée du côté droit, c'est tout. Ça peut arriver avec l'âge. Et comment Parlons d'autre chose, si vous le voulez bien. Oui Ne m'en veuillez pas, mais je veux profiter de la belle surprise que vous nous faites en nous rendant visite. Oui, bien sûr. Vous nous avez pas encore raconté tout ce qui s'est passé depuis votre concert à Paris alors, je suis resté la plupart du temps à Londres. J'ai donné deux concerts à Copenhague, toujours avec les Schubert, les impromptus, les moments musicaux. Toute ma vie tourne autour de Schubert en ce moment. J'ai envie, dans l'idéal, d'enregistrer de... l'intégrale des sonates. Mais je pense que les dernières peuvent attendre encore quelques années. Voulez-vous me faire une faveur Oui. Vous me joueriez la bagatelle en sol mineur euh, ça fait longtemps que je ne l'ai pas joué. Je m'en souviens pas très bien. Euh, si vous voulez, je peux essayer. Mais... Essayez. Ok. That's just, it just, it's like the core of, of the philosophy of filmmaking that he has, where it's like, I just, I can't, I can't look away from, from what is, uh, from what's coming and, and what's bound to be in these people's lives, whether or not what's bound to be is inflicted on them or it's just 
caused by by nature. I, I respect um, how little he cares for the audience. Yeah, I respect him just be yeah, like he's certainly fuck you. I don't way. care I what it is. It, I I kind of like how he deep like. He basically tells his audience, like, this isn't about you. This isn't about what you want. This is about what I'm trying to do. This is the story I'm telling. This is not about what your preferences are or how you would want the scene to usually end or having a touching moment or whatever. This is about what the fucking story is. And I know a lot of auteurs are like this, but it becomes more apparent when I, you know, watching Haneke. It's just like, I mean, you know, like Funny Games at its core is just, is again, like I already said this, but it's a fucking spit in the face. Just like, fuck you. Like, like he, this he, is... it's the anti Krasinski. That's what that's what I call that. The, uh... <laughs> Absolutely, and I can't think of a more perfect way to end the podcast. The anti John Krasinski. <laughs> oh. oh my gosh! Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. It's not. It's not just a quiet place. It's not such a quiet place anymore. <laughs> oh whoa, Michelle! Or I keep saying Michelle. I've I feel bad. Uh, but oh no, Michael uh, Michael Haneke is now directing qu- the Quiet Place spinoff. Oh no! <laughs> Breaking news. Um, yeah, I also forgot to mention that uh, the movie was also originally going to be called These Two, and then this music stops. Which oh is really? Like, what? Wow. That sounds like a working title. But then John Louis uh, JLT is like what to call him. <laughs> He was the one who suggested to Miko Hanukkah, like, hey, you should call it love oh, because it's about that's love. A great, that's a great and that was translated to French. Of course, that wasn't his idea. That's the most fucking yeah. Mikhail Hanukkah thing I've ever heard. That he wasn't, yeah. he didn't even think about calling it love. And then, and yeah, then Gaspar Noe stole love and then made his own movie that could be called Love yeah. with Vortex. Look at that. <laughs> yeah, that's no, funny. Uh, Jordan Rapp, thank you so much for being oh, here. Oh, uh, this has been great. A pleasure. Um, yeah. Uh, where can everybody yeah. find you? Um, and, yeah. No, I will say yeah. Twenty tens is how I grew up. I mean, I watched more movies this decade than ever. So it's it's nice to see a podcast dedicated to that. Um, Thank you. Uh, yes, I can be found on the filmstage dot com. We'll be publishing a lot of year end coverage. By the time this episode goes up, we'll have mm-hmm. a lot, and by the end of the year, we'll have our annual top 50 but we have a lot of other goodies like we, we always do a top 50 most overlooked films which, which is fun one of my favorites um and yeah there'll be much more to come and then yeah i'm also i work at film only Center, so you can find me there we have a lot of good stuff playing um eo after sun all the beauty and the bloodshed next year we'll have one eternal daughter, eternal I daughter saw, opens I yeah scorsese's yeah, coming right. by coming by the workplace on on saturday mm-hmm. to do a q a for that yeah. so yeah wait is that fucking true yeah yeah Whoa. Yeah, he produced it, didn't he? He, he executive produced it. Yeah, he's doing a Q and A with uh, yeah. Joanna Hogg. Sold Hasn't out. Hasn't he yeah. done like a lot of her movies? Like, yeah. When he was last? When was souvenirs? He produced both souvenirs. Yeah. yeah when uh, was the last time he didn't produce one of her projects? Was it before? Maybe. It, maybe before, right Yeah. Over, she right took like a long souvenir. break, uh, but he had watched her earlier stuff yeah. and loved it so much that is he came on board. So yeah. What a fucking guy. Yeah. He is so just. He's great. God, I don't know. He couldn't. It. It's hard for him to do anything to, for me to be like. <laughs> Martin, yeah, he, don't do that. Yeah, yeah. It's more like yeah. he's always just like, what a what a fucking awesome dude. He loves movies, and so do we. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that's it. That's it. You can, yeah, yeah. Ah, awesome. Uh, yeah, this movie is not available to stream, 
which is strange. Like you would think, like, oh, this would be like a can. It would be, it would be number one on the Netflix charts yeah. if, it, if it was there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm just, I'm really confused. <laughs> I'm confused why this isn't on Crackle because it needs to. I need oh, to see why it's Crackle. Paramount is. Plus, um, what are you doing? Get yeah. on it. I feel like this is a movie that like TikTok well, I, could I'm, turn into like a viral. Like you must watch this to learn how to like love someone and like it could it could explode do you want to see the most depressing movie yeah. ever made yeah. watch a more right right like a challenge yeah exactly those fucking tiktok teens i swear um yeah well i mean you know there was that i mean you bring up love and there was that there was the whole thing oh, where yes. it's like yeah. teens were were discovering gaspar noe yep. uh during as the they pandemic. do <laughs> you know those teens always discovering gaspar noe and being shocked I mean, um, if you ever want to get a teen not to do drugs, show them Climax. It's the most effective anti-drug PSA <laughs> I've ever watched. Yeah, hmm. I seriously think they need to show that in schools and be like, hey, that's how you do drugs irresponsibly. Don't do that. That's a bad idea. There, There's also that, but then I can, like, teens are, are so chill nowadays where it's like, Oh well, this is about capitalism. Like they could have a totally different read on it and like completely ignore like the. I don't know. I, I was kind of like that yeah. teen a little bit, and I still was like, I'm not doing that. I'm I'm gonna not do hallucinogens, <laughs> yeah. or I'm gonna at least be very careful with them. Like, I'm not gonna just drink punch that's filled with them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mysterious properties. Uh, I can be found on Twitter at Jack A. Draper and Letterbox at Jack Draper Seven. Um, I have writing on film at the Boston Hustle, and our next episode is on the 2013 Best Oscar, uh, Best International Feature winner in The Great Beauty, uh, Paul Sorrentino's film in Italy. We're, we're going to be uh, recording in Sicily. It's going to be very nice. Um, I'm going to challenge you not to do an Italian accent. I'm going to challenge you not to do an Italian accent during that fucking yeah. movie. Yeah. Or that episode. Yeah. I'm gonna throw. I'm like, throwing down the gauntlet. I'm throwing down the oh gauntlet. Okay. We'll see what happens. Um, Ray Sills Ross will be joining us for that one. I'm gonna also. I, I, and the thing is, I haven't I, seen any Sorrentino, so oh. I'll have to do some more. I won't have to give her the warning I just gave you because she's a professional. You know, she she has integrity. Um. As the person who made that no joke uh, not so long ago, um, everyone can follow me on Parlor 2.0. Oh wait, no, sorry, Twitter, Twitter, my bad. Uh, Twitter at Birds of Clay, um, and on Letterbox at Birds of Clay. You can follow me uh, on Twitter, not on Twitter. Jesus Christ, I just said that. On Instagram at Mr. Clay Williams. Um, please follow the podcast Twitter account at ETT Pod. Please remember to send us the email at exiting through the 2010s at gmail.com. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe. Greatly appreciate it. Uh, shout out to all the people who listen, who was uh, listened to us during this year. We saw the Spotify Wrapped numbers, huge jump in our viewership. Really appreciate you guys. Yeah. It's really fucking cool to see. It's very cool. It's very cool. Um, yeah. Why do you do that? Uh, right. What? This it's true. Anytime someone's I, like, oh yeah, I, I listened to a few episodes, and I'm just like, what? Well, uh, huh? No, don't oh, do that. You, there's so many other. Yeah, it's like I I know nothing. What do we have? I I don't watch movies. That's the hilarious thing. I don't watch <laughs> movies. Um, <laughs> I I don't know why I still have you. It's yeah. true. It's true. I should be banished. Um, and as always, guys, be good to yourself, and we'll catch you next time on exiting through the 2010s. Mm-hmm.